myself one question. Do I feel like it? What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Welcome to Pan and Scan Podcast. Hello, everybody. Hello there, everybody. Welcome to another awesome episode yes. of the Pan and Scan Podcast. Indeed. Um, With me, Benjamin. Yes, and, and also me, John. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. back and we're back. Seat. We're back on time. On time? Yeah. No, yeah, regular broadcast now. We don't let work get in the way of this stuff. Well, one of us doesn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, it's episode 12. Episode 12. I don't, why do I sound so unsure when I say that, then? I don't know. Yeah. It's because, it's because we can't believe that we've got to 12. I can't believe it. I can't believe it's only 12. Feels like we've been going for a lot longer. Tell me about it. We talk so much film. You know, in the last, uh, last I think, two days, we've had about... 12 um, Twitterers. Yes, I just said, no, you yeah. check that out. Looking pretty good. Yeah, and there's been some more submissions on Facebook as well. But yeah, um, unfortunately, we're kind of down on our tech today. Yeah, a little bit. So I don't have actual access to my laptop as Ben sort of being. Well, we're both using it as a microphone. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we're using it together. Because somebody forgot the soundboard. Yeah, they did. The soundboard that we got working last week for the first time in. Six I like, I like the way how you put that. It sounds like it's me who's forgot it. Yeah, yeah, it's good, isn't it? No, it's my, it's me, my fault. Uh, I apologise, listeners. You're just gonna have to uh, bear with us for this one episode, yeah. you know. But it's all gonna be gold. It's gonna be pure gold. Damn right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good lord. But I've been quite busy in the world of, of film watching. Yeah. Just recently, I've been to the cinema two or three times in this one week alone. It's crazy. I have a job. <laughs> I actually do have an. You wouldn't believe life. it. Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> Not the amount of time he spends watching films, but that's that's important. To be fair, I think you watch more films than I do, Ben. You just you watch more sort of Blu-ray DVD. Don't I do. You? I spend a lot of time rewatching stuff. I don't really get a lot of sit-down time at home, you know, afternoons and things, because what with the uh, the uh, film yeah. <coughs> production. That's right. That I'm involved in. Right? Uh... <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> what have you, have you have you seen anything of interest this week, Ben? Um, what about new watched? releases? Did um, we, did we receive anything through the post? We did. Um, I received the, the disc that shall not be named. <laughs> yeah. But it's amazing. Uh, yeah, um, two things came through the post on Monday. Oh dear. The Indiana Jones three um, quadrilogy Blu-ray box set. Oh, you've got that now. Yeah. Oh wow, is that? Came oh, the have post. you checked it out yet? Or? Nope, not opened it yet. Oh. I'm, uh, I'm supposed to be saving it as a Christmas present for me. But um, oh, like, well, we've got to crack that out before, say, before but, Christmas. But what happened was, uh, the second film I got was Prometheus, released on released on Monday. Did you get it two days early? No, Monday mm-hmm. Monday. Ah, when was the release date? I thought it was the tenth. Could have been the tenth. Well, anyway, anyway, we, we we both got it Monday, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so yeah, we both got the film, and um, that was also supposed to be a Christmas, Christmas present. present. But I decided I had a hard week, so I gave myself a present, which Aww. was Prometheus. Well, fair enough, Ben. You know, so, you work hard, not on the show, but no. <laughs> outside of the show, you know, you're a very hardworking man. So but, I have to, I have to do everything else. I know we talked. I know, obviously, back in the back way we were at the start. Prometheus was a big part of the show. Oh, the, I think it kicked the show off, didn't it? It did. That's the um, reason we did the show. And um, it came came out and we were a bit unsure. I'm but still I've unsure. watched it a few times since. <laughs> um, I've had, had the Blu-ray since Monday and I've watched it three times. Wow. Um, including most of the special features 
But Isn't there something like seven hours? There is sp- seven hours of special features on this on this disc. Um, I think you have to you have to get the three D Blu Ray to get the the special features um, Blu Ray. Otherwise, if you get the normal standard one, you get the Blu Ray, which is the film, and then you get a DVD copy, which hasn't got the special features. So you really really want to pick up the three D version if you if you love film because this is it's so in depth. Yeah, it's the three copy version. It's got it's got the the Blu Ray three D yeah. copy. You've got the, the the normal Blu Ray transfer, and then you've got a digital copy. That's right. Which is the uh, the trend of yeah. these days. And that uh, the one with the digital copies, it's that that's the special features Blu-ray, and it's a whole Blu-ray dedicated to special features. And it's I've been started to watch the um, the documentary, and it's the most in-depth documentary I've seen in a long time. Really? Yeah, I've been watching it, and there's when I was when you select it through the options, it, it gives you the option to have a um, um, like enhancements turned on, and every now and again it'll pop up at the top and say, "Do you want to watch?" something to do with what you're just watching <laughs> and it, I got about an hour in the film, on the first watch I got about an hour in um, but that was just an hour of the documentary interspersed with that is about an hour's worth of other bits that it just sends you off to go and look at and, and uh, photo galleries and um, behind the scenes kind of stuff elaborating more on whatever and the first hour was just all pre-production so an hour plus whatever else I'd watched was just pre-production and to see how to see all this stuff was amazing. It's because it, it it boasts on the disc that it has a alternate beginning and an alternate ending, and I wonder if that just makes the film actually make any more sense. Um, I would because I've not I, watched them yet. I would <clears> say the alternate beginning and alternate ending don't really change the film, but there is a deleted scene um, which me and you had a, a gripe about when we were. Um, we couldn't because I know that John in particular didn't like that. Why the um, engineer once woken up from his sleep just went batshit monkey crazy, yeah, and just started kicking the crap out of everybody, sort of Hulk smash kind yeah. of style. Yeah. Whereas in the, there's a deleted scene where it expands on that scene where there is a bit of back and forth between the oh, a bit more dialogue. The engineer talks to David and David translates, so there is a an actual chat between them. And you can understand why now he goes crazy. So I think that was quite a serious omission. I think I could, yeah, that it sounds like it would be because I think that was one of my major gripes. Yeah. To be to be sure, but I mean the thing is, I would have liked to have seen an alternate cut done mm. where we actually have these uh, the alternate uh, uh, beginning and ending inserted as well as the scene you're talking yeah. about as an actual copy of the movie. I mean, is it just special features that we have to access? Yeah, the the, act, the actual cut of the film is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, the special features are you have to access from the deleted scenes menu. Interesting. So, so you can't insert them into it, but it does add a bit more to it. It's, there are some deleted scenes, as in all, film, uh, as in all of these special features, where they don't, floor. they don't really yeah. add anything extra to it. But, um, a bit of fluff. The <coughs> alternate ending just... Fleshes out a bit, uh, a bit more, adds a, a bit more maybe to, towards the, the uh, being a prequel or where, uh, uh, sorry, sequel to the prequel, uh, and the alternate beginning just adds a little bit before we see the original and see the engineer disrobing. There's more engineers there. I think if you've seen the advert, you kind of get what's happening. Yeah, there's more than one engineer. That's the extent yeah. of the uh, the alternate beginning. That's it, and so so I wasn't expecting a huge amount from that. But like I say, the 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 one deleted scene which which gave it which which I think if you're going to reinstate any of them, it should be this one where there's a bit of back and forth between the engineer and David. 
Right. Without giving away any more than that, because you want you definitely want to go out and pick this up, and you definitely want to watch it. That is what you want to do. You want to you want to just have a quick delve into there. If you if you see yeah, the film a few times, definitely. you'll you'll obviously know where it fits in. I um I noticed there was two commentaries. There's the commentary by Ridley Scott, obviously, and I'm going to check that out sometime soon. And then I thought, well, there's obviously a commentary with the writers, and I thought, yeah. I, I hope that commentary is just a lot of apology and explanation. <laughs> Um, so it's quite because they, they do go into a bit about the writing um, and how John Jonathan Spate or John Spate he was the original writer for Prometheus and um, they brought on because he had had never had a film produced before they brought Damon Lindelof on who wrote the last part of Lost the best part <laughs> they brought him in to that was sarcasm. to add some uh, gravitas to it. But apparently, what happened there then? Well, there you go. Um, oh, John Spate is, is quite open and says, "I know, I know why they did it because they needed a name on it." But I felt like they were taking it away from me a bit. But Damon Lindelof doesn't even doesn't even reference John Spate when he's talking about, it. "Yeah, this is my my story and Ridley's story." So there's definitely a bit of a. Hmm. Uh, it, it seemed a bit a bit naughty. Writers can be naughty. So, uh, so yeah, I was, uh, I was it, but it, there's a lot, there's so much in the in the special features that, ex that explains the writing process, explains why Ridley Scott's done what he's done, why he went the way he did. Um, one of the most um, important ones, one of the ones I liked the most, was when they were talking uh, specifically about um, why they didn't go <coughs> too far into the iconography of um, of the Alien films, and that's because Ridley Scott felt that well I created it so I can do whatever I want with it it doesn't so it, it, although it's out there and kind of belongs to the fans and the fans believe in it and, and make up their own kind of ways and there's been a lot of comics right, and, and right. a lot of films afterwards basically he created this world so he can do whatever he wants with it which is why he then why he did did the story the way that he did um, and it does cast it in a different light um, the more I love, the more I watch this film the more I love it I remember being disappointed about it when I first watched it but the more I watch it, and the more I read about, it, uh, more I read about it, more um, watching the documentary about it, it's it's getting better and better. Oh, fair enough. My feelings haven't changed essentially since I've seen it. I still enjoy the film essentially, yeah. but I, I see it as, as it's a very flawed film. Mm. Oh but, yeah. Um, who knows, Ben? That commentary might be coming. Yes, we I think can, we could maybe get in depth more uh, sometime in the future. Yeah. Let's just say that I'm yeah. not going to put a, a but, sort uh, of date I on it. I think that's it. I think <clears throat> this is a film that. Like like John said at the start, like you said at the start, it's something where we probably kicked off this podcast because this was this, something that evokes a lot of interest in for uh, for both of us because of the Alien films and how much we love those films. And um, obviously, we did the um, two and a bit episodes on Alien. Yes, Alien, we did a so. massive retrospective there. Yeah, so if you missed that, go back and have a listen. We go very in depth on that. But this, but this is, I think, this deserves its own episode at some point where Good we've, Lord. where we've watched we've watched it. We've come back. We've got it on Blu-ray. We can pick it apart. I'm, I'm happy on. to lend you my equipment when I'm on holiday or something. You can do a uh, <laughs> this Prometheus gonna be episode. It's going to be sat in the um, room. Do you remember this bit? <laughs> this is really good. Oh, but one thing. This is oh. this made me feel really, really, really stupid watching it. Good lord. Um, they did a they sh there's a, a screen test for Numi Rapace um, that they shot for um, the studios because they weren't sure whether. She was up for it because she'd not really done anything English language before, so they shot it and they shoot it with um, with Rafe Spall, who okay yeah um, is um, he had his own TV show. He was in um, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz as one of the Andes. 
and then I was watching it, and then they do the, like like this screen, um, like this character, the um, like the costume test and whatever, and they've got Firefield, um, who's the guy with the shaved head, and his mate, and that is Rafe Spall, and I'm watching it and thinking, no, it's not. That was never him. I've watched this film a lot, and it's him. Yeah, just with big glasses on, and you know, and this is it. This is how stupid it made right, me feel. Okay. Because I just think I just didn't twig on at any point because I just bought into the fact that he's got this American accent and these glasses and shaggy hair and stuff. And yeah. wow! So yeah, feel really stupid. He was a very stupid character, though. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he died. Yeah, he did. And he got eaten. But yeah, you never go up to an, an alien thing. You learned that from the first Alien movie. Did yeah. you not watch it before? You, well, that's I mean, it. He's, he's a bit of an idiot. This is a guy who will who is scared of a of a thousand two thousand year dead body corpses. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't scared of this white thing that's swimming around and in slime and yeah, shit. and he's like looking at him all funny. It's like a snake and clearly looks like some sort yeah, of dangerous animal. Yeah, so, clearly, it doesn't so look friendly. No, so, so yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. I never really got why it was why a ben, dead body was. We're doing a Prometheus. Yeah, episode. We'll, we'll move away from that. Yeah, <laughs> we're just anyway, ended up into a yes. Prometheus episode again. Let's move away. So that's Prometheus. It's on Blu Ray now. Yeah, it's a um, definite buy. Okay, um, I'm going to do a bit of a plug quickly, Ben, as well. Um, cool. There's a new film called uh, a local filmmaker, um, and it's just been released. It's called Black Biscuit. Okay. Um, and the reason I bring it up is because I helped film this film. Oh, is this I saw yeah. Yeah, this on Facebook the other day? Um, it's <laughs> it's a. I, I met up with this guy in, in at university many many moons ago. Uh, called Fabrizio Federico, and he what was, a name. Nice name. Yeah, good name. Yeah. And he he asked me to help him film some shots in a film that he was making, and this was about. Six seven years ago, yeah. and it's just come out uh, the past couple of weeks, and and uh, he had a premiere in London, etc. And it's just come out on Blue, uh, not Blu-ray, YouTube for free, so you can just watch it on YouTube. And it's called Black Biscuit, and I cool. I basically film all the scenes at the opening, uh, the opening of the movie. So I'm I'm quite uh, quite happy about that. Just thought I'd ch- it's it's about um, a man who's trying to fulfil his dreams of yeah. uh, becoming famous and and ends up becoming a gigolo essentially. Uh, it's shot in Derby, so you know. I think it. Would, I think it has actually played at the Quad Centre as well. So anybody who's local and might want to check out a locally made film about sort of sex and nudity, because um, that's the kind of films I like to help out with. Uh, check it out on YouTube. Just a quick plug. There we go. Yeah, that's good. I like it. But um, moving on from that, Ben, we went to see Dread last week. We did. Yeah, we ended um, the last show by getting ready to go to see Dread, and we went to see Dread, and. Gotta say, oh. pleasantly surprised. Yes, me too, very much so. Um, I, uh, I, you know, I, I picked up some tidbits leading up to the movie. You know, who was in it and, and the, the basic plot. Um, obviously, it was a callback. It was a stripped-down version, uh, back to the old school kind of dread, the old school sort of underground comics. It was going to be an 18 film, which I was very happy about. You know, so um, and, and it's it's brilliant. It's yeah. all here. Um, it's a very, it's a smaller story than the than the old uh, Judge Dredd film from 1995. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's very subtle. Uh, Dredd doesn't take his mask off throughout the entire thing. Nope. He's got a serious attitude problem, and it's all gravy. Yeah, it's just a, it's kind of a day in the life of kind of Judge Dredd. Uh, rather than this, there's so, obviously there's so many films which, uh, especially comic book adaptations, where you've got to have the obligatory first film where they origin story. Mm-hmm. Battles a villain, comes out, 
and then becomes the badass that we know in the second, third, and fourth film. Right. Whereas with Dread, it's very much it's you know we know you are it's, if you either know who he is or you don't need to know. He's just you get you get it straight away that he is this some kind of badass future cop guy, and um, basically it's his his turn to take out a rookie. Yeah, it's the day in the life of Dread on his first assignment with this rookie, and he's got to sort of put her through her paces and see yeah. if she's good enough for the grade, basically. Um, she happens to be, is it psychic then? Yeah, is she is, Is that what we yeah. call it, or uh, clairvoyant? I don't yeah, know. She's definitely, yeah, she's a psychic. So she, mutant, she's, isn't she? yeah, she can sort of, she's a mutant character. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a very real, gritty, real world kind of film, though, you know, with a sort of sci-fi element touch to it, and yeah. um, they basically... They track a is it a group of uh, drug runners yeah. that are peddling a drug a new drug on the market slow mo slow mo yeah which when ingested makes everything you know travel at slow yeah motion. it's like one ten, well, like one thousandth of this whatever one second every hour or something like that it's supposed yeah. to be something crazy like that <laughs> and they track the this group into a huge huge uh, apartment uh, apartment complex um, that is completely run by these 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 gangbangers and. The, uh, essentially, the whole complex gets shut down, gets locked down, um, and it's just a sort of fight for survival yeah. uh, for the judges. And, you know, it, they go in with all the confidence that they're obviously going to go in there and arrest these people and drag them back out and judge them. Um, and then the tables get turned, essentially. That's and it, right. it's almost like a kind of, I don't know, like a sort of uh, Night of the Living Dead scenario. They've got to make it through the night and into yeah. the morning. And they keep and... trying to get out, and they can't, because they can't get out, and the comms are down. And... So basically, these two people on their own, and um, you've got uh, Lena Headey, who's Marmar. Marmar, the, Marmar uh, the head of the, uh, of, the, of the gang, who's taken over the entirety of this block called Peach Trees. And it's just this massive, huge, thousands of people living in this massive block. And she runs a lot, and because there are two, guys, two, um, two judges in there, um, and they've picked up one of, his, one of her guys, and there's, it's obvious that she's scared that this guy's going to talk. And although this guy's a hard man, the way that the way that they talk about it is, whatever the the judges do to you, you will talk. So they lock. So she locks down the entire thing, and they just got to, I say, survive. And everybody in there is going to kill him. Yeah, it's essentially this. This building is not going to get um, released until the judges are dead. Yeah, you know this is announced over a sort of PA system by Marmar, and uh, obviously, uh, it being the sort of dark, uh, gritty, grungy future that the judges live in, um, <laughs> most of the re residents pick up a sort of gun or, or rifle and, yeah, get and go there. running after. Him. And it's just a series of encounters with yeah. various villains and, and bad guys and civilians as well. Yeah. And and the great thing about this film, it's an 18. This film doesn't pull any punches. Nope. You see it all. The judges are throwing people against walls, breaking yeah. faces. One of the first things we see is three people chucked over the balcony at the very top of this massive um, skyscraper. That's a brilliant scene because... And it yeah. takes them 20, 30 seconds to fall to the floor. The thing from is, the top, yeah, in, in they, real time, they get in, they get they they are they are forced to take a, a dose of slow mo before they are thrown yeah. over this balcony. So they've already off... been they've already been skinned as well, aren't they? So they've been skinned in slow mo. In slow mo, yeah, and so, you see flashes of that. Yeah. You know, it, you don't see it all, obviously, but you yeah. see flashes. You see the good stuff. Yeah, people getting shot in the face. Yeah, in slow yeah, motion. Exit wounds exploding yeah. outwards in slow motion, flying at you, especially if you saw it in three D, which you yeah. had to, which was fine. Um, just there's. Just good stuff, really. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> I was thoroughly, yeah, it's, thoroughly it's, it's just good fun film. It's one of these where 
Um, I think before I went in, I was, and about the slow mo bit and things you see in the trailers, I was thinking it's just an excuse to have slow motion in, in HD in 3D. But no, and I was thinking really, is it is it going to be like an hour and a half? But really, it will be 45 minutes if it just sped everything up. But there wasn't that much of that and it was very much like you're with them the whole time and it didn't feel like a long film at all. It was 90 minutes but you were with them the entire ride because it didn't let up. There was no time when there was any, it, nothing really slowed down. They were always in trouble all the time, yeah. always moving from one battle to the next. And it's just a really, really interesting film, really, really good. Yeah, I mean, uh, Carl Urban playing Dread as well. Yeah. Brilliant. I mean, he's such a cold-hearted bastard. It's yeah. fantastic. I mean, like, they they capture three guys, I think, alive at some point, three um, known felons, and um, he he's constantly testing the rookie. Yeah. And she has to pass judgment on these three guys, and, yeah. she, and, and she sentences them to death, and... Uh, you know, she's not as cold as Dread yet. No. She's just getting introduced, so it takes her a long time to pull the trigger. But obviously, she does. She she, yeah. she kills this guy in cold blood, essentially on his knees. Um, and it's uh, and Dread just sort of looks on and then walks away. Yeah. He doesn't say a word. I mean, he executes a lot of villains in a very cold, brutal way. Yeah. But we're still with him throughout the entire ride. Yeah, that's it. It's it's an odd thing. With the with the environment and the setting that the films put put out, you you have to you sort of the film sort of grips you and, and, and you sink into this world and yeah. you accept the sort of law, the justice that happens, if you can call it that, yeah. by today's standards, man. Well, that's it. Then it's like the, it opens with a, with a car chase and these guys doing drugs in this car and they know they're in serious trouble when a, when a judge pulls up. Like, that's it. it whereas any of them are like, oh, get away from you, copper. It's like, no, we're, we're seriously in trouble. And they know that they're in serious trouble because these, you kind of, straight from the outset, you get that these judges are the scariest thing and everybody and, and there's anything like there's this tramp outside and if and dread basically tells them if you're still here when i get back i'm going to put you in the cells for like 10 years or whatever like that exactly. just just for being outside yeah just, just for being a vagrant on the and that's it it's one of these where it doesn't matter what you do you 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 like this be put away so it's so it's run by fear and it's and, fun because we actually come back to this homeless guy and and like Ben's just said he he sat outside the entrance to this complex yeah. and when I say the the complex gets locked down later in the film I'm talking ginormous shutters slam yeah. every exit down so the the homeless man has a bit of an encounter with the shutter he does yeah um, and he doesn't come off best no he loses that fight he does yeah um, <laughs> it's kind of funny because like I say it's a very small story yeah so. In terms of plot, there's not a lot we can say and give away, no. but I mean, uh, there's some great scenes, there's some great slow scenes. The the bit I love the most is when the confrontation between Marmar and Dread right at the end, and yeah. the sort of coldness of both the characters coming head to head. Um, none of them have, uh, have got anything to lose, and um, it's just uh, it's very entertaining when. Yeah. Uh, when the conclusion happens, I guess it is. So yeah, it's, uh, I don't want to spoil anything. I don't even want to talk about it really because yeah. it's just so much fun. This is a film. If if you're a sci-fi fan and you're really into that kind of neo grunge kind of Ridley Scott old school yeah. kind of you know that kind of old school sci-fi, this film speaks to that in a massive yeah. way. We haven't seen a film like this in a long time. No. You know, and um, this is what I wish Prometheus was. Yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's it's definitely worth a watch if you just want some. Proper 18 rated action mm. and, and a bit of gore 
then this is the kind of thing you want to go and see. The only thing I'd probably say is a negative is that the, the Judge Dredd... Well, it's, it's a sort of negative positive. that The Judge Dredd character isn't singled out as Dredd. No. The dreaded Dredd. You know, nobody really knows Dredd's name yeah. uh, as much. Um, you There's know, a couple, of, but a couple of, of, of guys who know who come on at the end kind of thing who are who are judges who are being paid off. They know who he is, but no one else knows. And that's the weird thing. You kind of... Like I say, you kind of expect like everybody to know, rather than just be a couple of judges, you think, oh my God, it's Dredd. Yeah, nobody's saying, oh my God, that's Judge Dredd, we've got no chance. He's just another judge. And it's kind of, it's a negative because I, I, that's one thing I liked from the first film was the sort of build-up of this character, this yeah. solo man, this one-man army, J Judge Dredd, oh my God, yeah. we've got no chance, it's Dredd, kind of thing. And that's missing from this film. But it's also a good, it's, it's a positive because it speaks to the more sort of, real worldliness of this yeah. film he's just another he's just another judge and they're all as bad as each other yeah. at the end of the day really or as good as each other depending yeah. on your point of view it's so um interesting definitely yeah. but definitely worth a watch massive yeah. recommend from me yeah yeah get out there and watch it like i say it's in 3d um it's definitely worth watching in 3d it's good use the 3D, 3d works well yeah. yeah it's definitely a good use of it so so yeah get out there while it's still in the cinema it's definitely worth watch fantastic then that's what i'm talking about yeah you've been to the cinema a couple more times though good lord what else have you seen? I've seen Paranorman. Though. See now, I really want to see that. <laughs> yeah, I went to I went to the cinema a few days ago with my with my partner, and you know what? I thought we'll go see Paranorman. I'm a big um, I'm a big claymation fan, if that's yeah. the right word. Um, model animation, and I was a massive fan of Coraline. Mm, probably one of yeah. my all time favorite animated films. Obviously, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, and all the other roll call. Um, it's it's a fun film. It's it, it doesn't pull any punches as well. Actually, there's quite it's a horror, it's a horror movie. There's zombies, there's witches, there's sort of magic, there's ghosts, mm. all mixed together, and it really works. Um, essentially, it's it's about a, a young boy called Norman who um, sees ghosts. Okay, and he sees ghosts everywhere all the time. A la um, that film, Sixth Sense. There you go. How do you know? I was thinking about Sixth Sense, Ben. Because he sees. Dead people. Dead people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Haley Joel Osmond. This is the animated Haley Joel Osmond. And he sees ghosts everywhere and he can talk to them. So, you know, he's a bit of a strange kid. And his parents don't understand him. Of course. And <laughs> the kids at school don't like him. And he's obsessed with zombies. So he's got zombie slippers, he's got a zombie alarm clock, he's got a zombie <laughs> wallpaper. At the opening of the film, he's watching a cheesy movie where a girl's getting like pursued by a zombie through a uh, you know a sort of a bog, and she's he, she gets her brains eaten. That's always good. Nice. Um, it's light-hearted, but it's also kind of dark as well. It's, yeah. it, it mixes it. It's, it's very much like your kind of Coralines, your uh, you know your Night Before Christmas. So it's got some scares and it's got some like uh, horrific imagery. Yeah. Um, there's kind of a inevitably when zombies do uprise. Um, it, it, there's a nice turn in the fact that everyone in town is ready for a zombie uprising and the zombies come off the worst so the zombies <laughs> become the victims of the attacking mob which is quite that. good there's a witch, an evil witch at the end and it's all about her sort of curse on the town um, it's quite horrific actually because she was executed in the Salem witch hunts back in the day, a little small girl and there's a bit of a flash scene, a flashback scene yeah. and that's quite a it's not horrific, but it's it's very sombre actually, yeah. which is odd. And then it comes back to present time, and um, it's about setting the zombies free of their curse, essentially. And the witch is the main bad guy, and she ends up being a small little girl at the end. Then. Oh, cool! And it's quite sad. There's an oversexed um, teenaged uh, sister as well, yeah. who uh, is obsessed with this muscle building jock, 
um, and that runs out throughout the film, and at the yeah. end we find out he's gay. <laughs> so, you know, that's something you don't expect from a sort of animated movie. Well, no, you don't, even, you don't really think about um, it. And there's a, there's a fat uh, ginger kid friend. Um, we all have, we've all got one of those. Yeah. Have we? Yes. We'll leave that there. Yeah, so it's just, <laughs> good lord, it's just fun. It, it's um, I I I would say it, it's more of a teen. It's a teen. It's an older teenagers kind of animation. I wouldn't take your little kids to see it, but yeah. I, you know, I think if they did see it, they wouldn't pick up on the sexual references. Yeah, and they wouldn't pick up on the on the sort of uh, homosexual references. There's a, there's more than one. Yeah. You'd be surprised, Ben. You might not be surprised. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, and at the end, he obviously confronts his fears and sh proves to his family and friends that he's not weird after all, and blah blah. It's it's um it's the same old sort of story. Yeah, but it's done really really well, and there's some great laughs. There's some f hilarious scenes where he's trying to wrestle a a book from a dead corpse, and it sort of the corpse falls on top of him, and the tongue lops out of the mouth and falls on his face, and it's right. just disgustingly gross. Brilliant stuff. Perfect Halloween movie, this one. Yeah. Yeah. I recommend any, anybody that loves that kind of stuff. Anybody that loves zombies and Halloween and ghost stories. It's yeah. all here. There's some there's some adult humour. There's some child humour. Go see it. Cool. Well, that's it. We're, we're coming to a point where it's, we're going, it's going to be quite a few horror-type films coming out because we're, we're, we're in October now. <sighs> Halloween's my favourite time of year. It's next to Christmas. <clears throat> I'm not religious. Christmas is just a time for family for me. But next to Christmas... Halloween, yeah. definitely. I love it. Yeah, and um, incidentally, we are going out to see a film in a bit. After we finish the show, as as seems to be the, the way we do things now, we'll, hey, we hey. do a show, go to cinema, um, we're going to see Sinister. We are. I cannot wait for this film. Yeah. Um, Sinister and Paranormal Activity 4, I'm yeah. looking forward to, because that's the kind of, that's how I roll. Well, yeah, you, especially you with your all your fan footage. I've got two more fan footage films to look like this evening, yeah. then. No, I'm looking forward to it. Me too. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I, I think I've said a few times, I'm not a big horror movie fan. But when the right one comes along, I don't mind going and scaring myself stupid. And this is the kind of thing where, from uh, from the looks of the trailer, from the from the pedigree of where it's come from and stuff, it looks like it's going to be a good film. So it's one where I'm looking forward to going. We're going at five past ten, so shouldn't be too many people in the cinema at that point. And Thank God. Because I'm going to be crying like a little girl, like a tiny little child. I remember, ladies and gents, um, putting on, around our friend's house one evening, we put on a the, the first ever time we watched Wreck together. Oh, God. I've and and my, my co-host <laughs> cried like a, a small, small child. I have never been so scared, seriously, watching a film hidden, like, like hiding behind the cushion, screaming at the character, Why are you doing this? Don't go in there, don't go in. Just like you see in all those cheesy films where people are trying to tell them not to do stuff. I was that guy. I'm the guy who sat there, hiding, screaming, and telling them not to do stuff. You usually start swearing there, don't you? Yeah, I do. What the... I can't, well, I'll, I'll, keep it, I'll keep it light for this show. We can, well... But, uh... But Ethan Hawke's in, in this one. Yeah, he is, yeah. And I, I've never... I've liked Ethan Hawke in a couple of films, you know, uh... No, I have. I've... He's in Gattaca, and I love Gattaca. Yeah, Gattaca's a good Gattaca's film. Um, obviously, yeah. Training Day. Yeah, Training Day. Um, he was in, wasn't he in, this is a, a Black Poets Society, Dead Poets Society. Dead Poets Society. With... I'm not sure if he was. Yeah, I think he was. That's the first film I remember seeing him yeah. in. A very sloshy, emotional, coming-of-age story film. You know, the, the ladies enjoy it, and so do I. Yeah. 
that's what it's I don't make any apologies. But <laughs> you, don't, you don't expect to see him in a kind of horror movie of this kind. You know, yeah, he was in Dead Poets Society, right? Yeah, uh, the sort of ghost film. You don't expect to see him in this kind no, of role. So this um, is the, I don't know if it's the first for him, but... Um, but yeah, it looks, it looks good. It's, it's one of these where I'm, I'm... It's a scary film and I'm looking forward to seeing it. So, yeah. I'm going to have to have a drink to settle my nerves. Oh, we'll walk out for a beer if you like. Good thinking, yeah. I definitely need a beer before we... You should have come. Uh, yeah, I feel Ooh. bad. I mean, you should have come to see Paranorman. You'd have enjoyed that because you'd, you'd have been scared, but you'd, you'd have laughed as well. You see, so cool. That's what it's all about. Yeah. But yeah, so definitely looking forward to seeing this film. Tonight. Yes, I am. Yeah. I'm very much looking forward to it. And um, we're going to be meeting our friend Dave, aren't we? We are. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he's going to be coming down with us. I know that our friend Jamie. I know he really wanted to go and see us, but he's he's out for his uh, sister's birthday. So uh, happy birthday to her. Yeah, happy birthday. Anyway, but have you seen any films? Have I seen any films? Yeah, have you seen I've any? not been out to see any films since Dread. No, I've not been to cinema to see any more films since then. Um, but no, I've been... Um, one film that I'm really looking forward to that's, come, that's, that's just come out, um, or well, it's just coming out, is Skyfall. Um, the, the new, new James, James Bond. Bond, yes. Um, and I'm really looking forward to that because I'm a massive fan of um, Casino Royale especially. Um, yes, brilliant Quantum film. Quantum it's a good film. Um, wasn't as good as Casino Royale, but Daniel Craig's James Bond is—he—he he is my James Bond now. Oh, definitely. Um, I always used to think it was—I remember I used to like the Sean Connery ones. Everybody remembers watching them on ITV with your grandparents on a Sunday. <laughs> well, that's what I remember. <laughs> they are Sunday films, yeah. My, my nan always had it on. You'd go because it always happened to be a James Bond film on, um, and they all kind of rolled into one for me. Where I, I never—I don't think I ever really knew which one was which. I'd always m mismatch all the all the um, different Bonds and the different films, but I've I've kind of grown up always knowing of them. Um, but then um, I suppose when we were when we were like, first getting into film, we'd go and see a James Bond film. I think we were talking more Pierce Brosnan kind of time. Um, and his were, his went from being very good in the golden eye kind of era to being very very poor, which was um, yeah they got over the top really quickly, didn't they? And the yeah. devices and gadgets got s ridiculous. Yeah, it kind of just got a bit silly. And um, but I think I do think that the, um, Daniel Craig's James Bond and um, and those two films, the two films, have kind of taken have changed what James Bond is, um, taken away because um, now because we were watching it the other night and there's a at the moment there's a James Bond channel so you can watch all of them and we watched Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace pretty much back to back yes. which was then followed by I think it was Doctor No um, which is Sean Connery's first and it just went very it just didn't it, it just went from being something where you could watch them normally but then after watching how gritty the Daniel Craig ones are to them watching that it just felt very camp and then you kind of you can enjoy them on that level, though. No, yeah, think. definitely. But I think uh, that's. I think they're, they're just two very different styles now. Yeah, they are two different beasts at the minute. I mean, yeah. to, I've never really been an old school James Bond film, uh, uh, James Bond fan at all. I mean, like you say, my dad's a huge fan of yeah. all the old school James Bond. He used to watch them on Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon yeah. after your Sunday dinner, roast dinners. That's yeah, um, that's, right. that's popular in Britain on a Sunday. Um, but to me, it was always something that was really over the top, very yeah. camp, very silly. Very, um, I don't know, you know, all the womanisation stuff like that. It's just of of, of an era, I think. Yeah. And you can enjoy. I, I enjoy. I can watch them now and enjoy them on that level. Yeah. But I've never really been into James Bond, and I think I only really enjoyed Goldeneye up until recently, until Daniel Craig. And now, like you say, the Daniel Craig films, it's like it's it's opened up uh, a new appreciation for James Bond. Yeah. So it's. I love. I love these. 
Daniel Craig Bonds, and I can go back now and watch some of the older Bond films and think, yeah, this is quite good, this is fun. And yeah. I've got a few of them on DVD now, which is nice. Yeah. But uh, Pierce Brosnan, never been a big fan, other than Goldeneye. Yeah. Yeah. So, this new film, Skyfall, I know nothing about it then. No. I absolutely know nothing about and it. To be honest, neither do I. I've stayed, I've stayed away from it. Well, I've... I followed it when it was in when the production was was off because they kind of didn't think they were having some wrangling rights with um, MGM. MGM was looking like it was going to go under, so they were going to lose the rights to, right, to yeah. James Bond, and it didn't look like this film was going to get made. Um, and then it's kind of all come together very very quickly in the end because it was always going to it was always in production but never really going anywhere. And so when it was finally greenlit and ready to go, it was quite quickly cut on with it. Um, and is there a plot to, release and all that kind of thing? Um, yeah, there's a couple of trailers out now. Um, there was a like a quick one minute um, teaser trailer, which is just the usual kind of stuff: car chases, people getting chucked off stuff, guns. <laughs> That's all you need. James Bond. I think he jumps onto the back of a. He either jumps onto the back of a truck or a, or a train or something. He just jumps straight back down into it, lands, and then stands up, straightens his tie or his cufflinks, and carries on. I've heard and this is going to be Bond at as Bond. This yeah. is the ultimate Bond now. So isn't some of the old school characters coming back, aren't these? Yeah, so um so this is the kind of thing it's gonna be I think it's the if you if you kinda of look at the last two films as as they do carry on from each other and there's never an, a, like a, a resolve to either of them. They are are all building up to something. It almost seems like this is where it all comes together and it's all gonna go like you're gonna have this really badass guy, and I think we were talking about it before, but, uh, like in, um, when we watched it the other night. But there's something about James Bond being British that means that it's it's easier for us to accept the kind of things he does. Because I, I don't think I could buy it if it was like a an American guy. Maybe if it was Jason Bourne, that kind of story. But I, I think I would struggle to buy into some of the one-liners if there was an American accent. Saying, I think it's just national pride creeping, in, isn't yeah. it? You know, we're we're proud of the uh, the franchise. I mean, it's one of the longest-running franchises. He's one of the original action heroes. It's, yeah, it's, it's, this has been going for fifty years now. And he's ours. Yeah, that's you hear right. that? Everybody else in the world. Also, you know, Doctor Who. Yeah, we have Doctor Who, one of the longest-running sci-fi TV shows. And ever. now a huge hit in America. Internationally, yeah. So uh, and so's Bond. Well, that's it. So, so, so yeah. What have, what have they what have they given us, Benny? Nothing. No. <laughs> Prometheus. No, we didn't. Ridley Scott gave us Prometheus. Yeah, Ridley Scott's British. I love Ridley Scott. We're good, aren't we, as Brits? Yeah, we're well good at what we, we do. And we, we're giving the world this podcast. That's right. Yeah. So, so, so best of British. Yeah. So James Bond. So M's coming back, right? Yes. Does that mean all the gadgetry and all that oh, nonsense um, is coming in? Q, you mean? Yeah, Q, Q's, sorry. Yeah, Q's back in this one. Apparently, like a young guy. So, uh, mm. so yeah. Because oh, what was I, I am worried. I'm actually worried that it's gonna. It, obviously, mm -hmm. it, they wanna they wanna sort of solidify him as 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 the full on Bond that we all know and love, the confident, yes. cocky, somewhat womanizing Bond, yeah. gadget Bond. But if if they go too far with it, Ben, it's just going to be like you say, it's going to be campy and it's going to be a bit. Mm, well, that's it. It's it's got a, it's a worry. the last the last two have been very much um, in the kind of real world guys. There's been not much in the way of gadgetry, which you wouldn't expect someone maybe to have, like if they're in kind of his kind of role or whatever. So so all very much in the real world. Whereas if you think about obviously the usual what we've got in the old bonds is he would have. Loads of crazy stuff like um, like pens that explode and blow your arm off, and um, there was you know, I think it's Tomorrow Never Dies is the one where they've got a car that um, 
is all its panels can make you invisible because it's got cameras pointing the other way and it makes it disappear. Stuff that isn't real. Oh, we've had all kinds of cars. Cars that fly, cars that go yeah. underwater. But we're talking like the last the last queue was and and has only ever been one queue, which is Desmond Llewellyn, who's been in everyone. He was the he was the original queue. But the thing that I didn't like in this in that one was they had John Cleese as like the comedy relief queues gadget man gadget guy yeah. who was going to be it, and it's like just made it all very silly. And then that was a kind of bit where very silly. They, they had the camp kind of side of it, which but this was just took it away. I think a bit when when these when these ones went from like the hard hitting golden eye quite serious to then just being a bit tailing off and just being a bit silly. But um yeah, very so silly. that's that's it. <laughs> that's silly. That's silly. But, <laughs> but oh, that's Lord. the only thing I'm worried about with, with bringing Q back is that yeah. we end up with some really outrageous gadgets. But um Who's the leading lady, do we know? Because this um, is important. <clears throat> yes. But uh, um speaking of leading ladies in the meantime we've got um um, in the meantime, while you look at up while on your iPad, yeah. <laughs> seamless, seamless. <laughs> Adele is doing the. Um, she is, is doing the, um, the theme theme for this one, and it's really and it's 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 a real throwback to the old school kind of like um, Shirley Bassey. Yeah, Shirley like, Bassey. Yeah, um, those kind of things. The so. man with a gun. So that kind of thing. So that's, that's good. It. I think it's it's kind of taking it back for that. So. Um, can we sing too much on this show? Yeah, maybe a little bit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's a couple of people in it who I think... Um, there's Helen McCrory, who we um, talked about in Hugo. Um, she was um, Melier's, Melier's wife. Um, yes. She's in, in this. We've got... Um, That's surprising. Javier, Javier Bardem. You've got Ralph Fiennes. So you've got two like, seriously heavy hitters, kind of. In this. Mm. And, um, so, yeah, it's... it's uh, going to be it's going to be good to have some big names in this one um and kind of to see where we go so i'm i'm expecting it to be big isn't it isn't it a rehash of an old old plot old film isn't um, it or no? yeah there's supposed to be a couple of different bits um uh, is it like an amalgamation of yeah because it's the it's there there aren't any more books are there so so they've they've done a film for every book um so they're kind of going back and using parts of books that that didn't get the full treatment. So, mm. so yeah. But um, it's, I think there's, I think there's, I think, I think there's even been ones where it's been commissioned to have new James Bond books written. I think there was one a few years ago, which was properly commissioned by like, the Broccoli Estate kind of thing. Right. Okay. That'd be interesting. Then it's sort of like a new, almost, almost a new, new story. Yeah. So, so interesting. But I think that's it. I think it's one of these where it's, it's going to be. Quite interesting, but Sam okay. Mendes is directing it, so we've got um, American Beauty and um, Road to Permission, uh, Perdition, should I say. So, Two interesting films. So yeah, um, quite, so they're, they're big films, <laughs> Revolutionary Road, Jarhead, so so quite big, heavy-hitting type of film, so he's, I think it's going to be in... I think he could pull this it's off. It's going to be in good yeah, hands. I'm, I'm um, not too worried about the direction. No, so, so yeah. It's, I don't know if they're ever going to top Casino Royale, Yeah. because Quantum of Solace was a good film, but not as good. I think it was somewhat sort of padded and stretched out. Yeah. And it was a very solemn film, very down mm. downer film. Like you say, it's, it's sort of Empire Strikes Back syndrome. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I'm hoping there's going to be maybe some more action sequences in this one. Um, I'm I'm hoping for a, a scene that's as high intention as the the card playing scene 
yeah. in Casino Royale. Which is a really strange one because you watch the start of the opening of like Quantum of Solace and they've got that massive car chase. and But you kind of know that James Bond's going to come out all right. Whereas you watch that Casino Royale and um, the card game in the middle of that and you're hooked just watching it. And you don't even have to, don't even have to understand what the like how to play poker. You just watch it and you're wondering how he's going to do it and how's he going to pull it off. Yeah, you still happens. feel the tension. It still yeah. builds. It's it's that well written and that well shot. I mean, that's yeah. all that's all down to direction at the end of the day yeah, so and acting on the acting. Obviously. And it's a it's a brilliant brilliant film. And um, I say Daniel Craig as James Bond is, is is brilliant. So so yeah, I'm, I've got high hopes for Skyfall. So it'd be good to kind of see the like um, how how this brings the, the story together um, whether it does tie off loose ends or but as far as I know I think he's wanting to do a couple more Bond films and become yeah, the one that's I mean, running so. I heard it was almost like the kind of Batman uh, Chris Nolan, ba- Christopher Nolan Batman syndrome where it's going to be a, a three a three film arc Yeah. but now I'm, I've heard that like you say he's going to be signed on for another couple of, and I hope so because he, he's such a good Bond Daniel Craig yeah. is brilliant you can't, he's you, got you, lovely you, eyes. He does, he does, and you really believe that he could do all the things that he does. That's what I like about it. Whereas you could watch things like with, like, like the Pierce Brosnan kind of character, and he was he was good at what he did, but this he's the most, this guy's the most physical Bond. He, you can believe that he's chucking himself against stuff and throwing people over buildings and, and doing mm. like the parkour running type thing when he's chasing people down. You can imagine that he's... Well, with all the strength and power that he's got, that he's getting there, but he also looks amazing in a suit. <laughs> in like okay, a, yeah, sorry, I'm 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 going on the, the paranormal kind on this of show. thing. So, yeah. <laughs> Anything could happen. Oh. Good lord. So yeah, so that's 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 a film that I'm I want to go and see fairly soon. I was. When's it, when's the actual release date then? I've, uh, I don't um, know. So. I think it's um, 26th of October, so the end of the month. Um, so we've got a few about. Uh, about two weeks, two and a bit weeks before it comes out. So, um, so yeah, it's it's going to be a big one. You're looking. Uh, oh, one thing we haven't mentioned talking about paranormal. Did you, are you looking forward to Frankenweenie? Tim Burton's new film. Yeah. Or did Disney? Well, that's it. It's uh, I I remember picking up the Nightmare Before Christmas um, DVD um, I don't know, a long time ago. I remember um, it being one of those where everybody went through a Nightmare Before Christmas kind of stage. Um, a Tim Burton kind of stage. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I remember picking up the DVD and then getting the special edition, the two disc one, and it had <clears> um, <throat> uh, had Frank and Weenie on it, the original short. Yeah, because it's based on a, a short Vincent, live action film. Yeah, and Vincent on there as well, and they were, and I remember enjoying those just as much as as Nightmare Before Christmas and Frank and Weenie, especially because it was just seemed like a a really kind of heartfelt story based entirely on the whole Frankenstein kind of thing but told from a kid's point of view it's it's a kid uh, you know the love for 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 the kid and his dog yeah. and obviously it's a Frankenstein story where the, the dog gets hit by a car or something like that yeah. and he has to bring the dog back to life but uh, apparently Frank and Weenie the animated feature length film is a is a ex- expansion on that short so yeah. there's a lot more plot involved and, and things like that so so yeah, I think it's. Um, I'm. I'm looking forward to it. I know it's because it's it's stop motion again. Yeah. Um, it's. Is it entirely shot in black and white? I, I think know, so. I know from the stills and the trailers, I've seen that it's it's been black and white. Um, but I'm. I'm not sure. But yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it will be an. An interesting. Um, it'll be interesting to see how how well it it matches up with what they've done and how also how they change it up to to be able to make it into, the. Um, 
Well, the length of a, a full-length film. So. Well, apparently I've got something written down here that there's a, there's a sequence in the film where it's the, on there's a live action sequences on on a TV where uh, Christopher Lee's playing Dracula on on television. I think right. it's a I don't know if it's going to be an actual clip from the Hammer film, one of the Hammer yeah. films, or if it's just a an actual mock up. But the, yeah, there is going to be some slight live um, action sequences. But mostly black and white and mostly stop motion animation. I don't know if there's uh, is Johnny Depp in this film, Ben. Uh, not that I've heard. <coughs> no, uh, no, that Winona Ryder makes uh, is. Um, Good lord. Is in there. Is she Cap- still in movies? Yeah, believe it or not. Is she in prison? Or... <laughs> no. No. <laughs> but she maybe she stole some. Maybe that's why she's in this. She's not got any costumes to steal anything. Fair enough. So yeah, uh, got Winona Ryder's in it. Catherine O'Hara, um, Martin Short, Martin Landau's in it. Um, so we've got quite a, a big voice cast, yeah, Christopher Lee. Um, so yeah, it's, it's got quite a few big names attached to it, um, and I think it's going to be the first. It's the first thing I've, I've looked forward to from Tim Burton for a while. Um, I think really with the Alice in Wonderland kind of adapt- adaptation, yeah. it seems very much Disney driven. Um, with the um, um, latest film that he did with Johnny Depp. Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows. Have you um, seen Dark Shadows? No, I've still not seen that. Yeah. But it's one of those where, where I can't really bring myself to watch it. It didn't feel really, from the trailers and what I've, I've seen, it, it didn't feel like a Tim Burton film. We sort of touched on this before, though, I think, in previous episodes, where we sort of said that there's a, there is a somewhat decline in Tim Burton's acting, yeah. uh, directorial sort of styles. And he is, he's been said that, Frank and Weenie is just a return to one of his older ideas yeah. because obviously he's not got any more left. Well, that's in it. It's one of those where you. I don't necessarily hold to that opinion, no. but. Um, well, yeah, you've got to you've got to try. You've got to wonder. It's 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 like it's like your favorite band trying to redo their first album. Yes. Um, so, but the the cool thing is, I suppose that you've got to do a few um, move do things for the movie studios for them to allow you to do something that you want to do. Right. Um. So. This is ultimately <clears throat> his story. It's an old story, something that he's had on, on the go and on the back burner for a long time. So that can only be a good thing. And yeah. So, um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm looking forward to seeing it. And um, on, on, on another animated film, Wreck-It Ralph. Now, this is something where, to, if I'm completely honest, I've not, I've not heard anything about it till you told me about it. Um, but we would, you didn't tell me the title. I don't think you can remember what the title was. But I've seen... The name Wreck It Ralph come up a couple of times. Disney's Wreck It Ralph or something like that. Right. And to be honest, <clears throat> I thought it was just another. I just thought it was a, a crazy Disney TV show kind of thing. So when I've seen the title, I've not really looked any further of it. But yeah, you, sh- you showed me a picture of it, and yeah, it looks like it should be pretty funny. It's essentially a story about the the, the titled character Wreck It Ralph, who's an old eight bit um, arcade. A bad guy from a computer game who doesn't want to be a bad guy anymore, and and leaves his game and travels through the gaming world to uh, to find a sort of a new start in life. And before that, he goes to um, Bad Anonymous, one game at a time, which is for which is a, a council meeting for um, bad guys who don't want to be bad guys anymore. Right. And he's surrounded by the likes of um, M Bison from Street Fighter, uh, a couple of the ghosts from Pac Man. Um, Bowser from Super Mario and and various other Nintendo um, bad guys and yeah. it's rendered in beautiful 3D animation and I can't wait because if you're an, a fan an old school fan or a new school fan of Nintendo game characters or just old 8-bit gaming uh, from the 80s 
this is going to be an amazing film to watch, I think. Yeah. It says Disney's Wreck-It Ralph, though. Does that mean it's not a Pixar production? No, it's not a Pixar. Because it, it looks is. like a Pixar film. And, um, film, and, so. and that's the strange thing, you know, because I think there's been quite a crossover in, since Pixar and Disney really, really got it together. Um, it came, pretty much came properly under the same roof. Um, it's almost like Pixar had gone safe and Disney have had to... Disney have picked up the let's go and give something a go kind of thing because this... To be honest, this sounds right up Pixar Street. Yeah. It sounds like a the kind of thing where you could imagine it being something so off the wall and so quirky that it's got Pixar written all over it. So it to, for it to be a Disney film, um, just a Disney film, is uh, it's quite interesting. So, yeah. But it's I, almost like it's blurring the lines. Like it, if you can't tell the difference between a Pixar film and a Disney film, does it even matter anymore? Because yeah. obviously they're the same company now. Or, you well, know, that's so it. It's just like it's almost like why not just call it a Pixar Disney film I don't yeah. know it's it's unusual to just call it a Disney it, it looks if you know if if you think of something like Up it looks like Up yeah it's a very similar kind of style animation style but obviously with the, the, the old school gaming characters have had a bit of a, a revamp it's interesting as well because Eggman's in this and people who don't know who Eggman is he's the he's the main bad guy from Sonic so yeah. it's uh, Sega and, and Nintendo and various other gaming all coming together in the same room. It sounds like it was a, a few good, um, like big names. Wreck It Ralph um, is voiced by John C. Riley, um, and he looks a lot like John C. Riley as well. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you've got quite a few people. Sarah Silverman's in it. Jack McBrayer, who's from um, Thirty Rock. Uh, Jane Lynch is that woman out of Glee, and pretty much everything else. I wouldn't know. She's in Paul. She's the um, uh, bartender at that crazy bar that they go to, um, and they order that space drink, and there's those two guys in there. People at home can't sort of tell my face, but I've just got a blank expression. Uh huh. What? I uh, don't know uh. what he's talking about. I might as well just be around. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Wreck It Ralph's out in February next year, yeah. so um, keep an eye out, guys, because the, uh, there is a trailer out, so look it up. It, it's, uh, it's, it looks fun. It looks, I'm, I'm excited about this one. I mean, we were even talking a few episodes back about what Pixar, you know, Disney Pixar projects are coming up that we're excited about and there wasn't a, a great deal there's a no. couple of films i think but this is one i'm i'm going to be eagerly anticipating yeah. so yeah keep your eyes open right then then what have we got next um well, i think that's it for me thinking of what, uh, what i've seen because i say i'm the big things i'm looking forward to but um yeah maybe we should move on to the blood bag should we go to the blood bag let's go to the blood bag because I, I was ever since he's been talking about more found footage stuff i love hearing about it Okay, strapping. Hello, everybody, and, and welcome back. to this week's blood bag. We're back. We never went anywhere. No, we're still. That's the magic of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord, we we have no soundboard at all. We we've yeah. not even played the theme tune. You don't know because I'm going to insert it later. Um. <laughs> anyway, I've got two films to talk about. There was a film last week I was going to mention but didn't. Um. But I'm going to talk about another film first. Have you ever heard of a film called Late Mungo, Ben? Late Mungo, no. Late Mungo. It's an, it's a Australian film from 2008. Okay. And it's a mockumentary fan footage film. Now, the difference between this and other found footage films is that this is done uh, distinctly and completely as a documentary, uh, detailing some uh, a real-life, um, or it's based on a real-life case. Yeah. Um, I'll read you a bit of a plot synopsis. 16-year-old Alice Palmer drowns while swimming in a local dam, i.e. Lake Mungo. 
When her body is recovered and a verdict of accidental death returned, her grieving family buries her. The family then experiences a series of strange and inexplicable events centred around their home. Profoundly unsettled, the Palmers seek the help of psychic uh, Ray Kenemy. Kenemy discovers that Alice is in a has led a double life. A series of clues lead to the family to Lake Mungo, where Alice's secret is revealed. Ooh, freaky. Yeah. And it sounds like your cliche sort of ghost film. Yeah. You know, they, they, they're in their, you know, they, they bury their daughter after the accidental death and, and then, you know, a couple of weeks later they hear spooky noises and blah, 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 blah. But it isn't that film. Right. This is distinctly a documentary and it, and it, it really talks about the psychology of death and, a, you know, a child death within a family and how it affects the family, etc., etc. It's a very slow-paced film. Okay. It's a very steady film. Now, there is sequences where... Uh, they uncover the body, and that's quite graphic. Um, she she gets found after a few days under the water, and obviously she's bloated and horrible, and that's really quite striking. But there's not a lot of horror in this film, and there's not a lot of jump scares. There's nothing yeah. like that in this movie. There's not it, there's no there's no handicaps. It's not a handicap movie, and okay. it's not a cheap film. It was actually done by the Australian um, Film Board as well. All right. So you know our sort of national lottery funded kind yeah. of film. So you know it's a serious production. But I never heard about it, and just I just saw Lake Mungo, and I thought, oh, that's that sounds like an interesting title. I'll pick that up. Uh, written by Joel Anderson, and directed by Joel Anderson as well. Um, there's nobody in here you'll know. It's it's uh, it's a very small production, Australian, and you don't really get a lot of Australian films um, over here, really. No, you know, you that you hear of very often, apart from Mad Max. Yeah, that's right. Are they still remaking Mad Max, man? Yes, they are. Yeah. Good lord. Um, and so, yeah, we followed the family through, and it's all done through, um, uh, you know, sort of head interviews. And it interviews families, friends, uh, the boyfriend of the girl that drowned, etc., etc. And it, we find out along the way that um, Alice wasn't all she seemed, and that she had dark secrets. She slept with the neighbour, the adult neighbour, and her his wife. All right. And she's like a teenage girl, she's like 16, 17. So it's a bit dramatic. Yeah. Um, the the brother is a photographer and therefore starts taking photos around the house and things like this. And uh, then he discovers a shadowy figure in the background of some of the photos that he's taken. Sounds like the same thing you get in yeah. most ghost films, but it doesn't. It goes beyond there. So we go through it. They get a psychic in, blah, 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 blah. He, he does seances. He does this, that, and the other. They record the seance. In the background, you see a ghost girl. Blah, 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 blah. Then it goes on, and then we find out that the, the actual brother has actually doctored all these videos and photos to add the girl in via like Photoshop process. Right. So it's all a big lie, and that sort of knocks you back. So you, you've been building up to this ghost that isn't yeah. there, and then we just essentially go into her past, and we find out that she had this affair, uh, this affair that she'd become withdrawn and that she wasn't speaking to her parents for the last couple of years and things like this and you find out obviously the family life wasn't all it was cracked up to be yeah. and that she goes to Lake Mungo um, for like a vacation with friends and this is all footage on this is the only time it's actually found footage it's footage from a phone mobile phone and you see her digging in the ground in the dark on the beach and she's run away from her friends and she's acting very strange and we don't know what she's buried and all along the film it, it you never you never discover a piece of the plot, so she's buried this thing, and then we find out what the thing was. It takes a long time to get to the reveal, and it's just a building sense of dread. And it's a very somber film as well, yeah. and it's a very long-paced film, so people that buy this or watch this and think in paranormal activity, it's not this film. 
you need to really sit down and pay attention when you watch this film because there's all things that you don't see or didn't pick up on. Yeah. And I don't want to reveal what she's buried in the sand at Lake Mungo, mm. and um, but it's it sort of points to the fact that she knew she was going to die there, and there's various other little bits of mystery and detail. And along the way, it's just that the family end up moving away, and at the end, they sort of resolve their issues. They get past this point, blah blah, blah and then they move away, and that's it. And then it closes down to the um, to the the titles at the end. And throughout the titles, it shows you all of the the uh, photos and found footage that the brother had doctored. Okay. And then it so you see the sort of ghost girl that's fake, and then it pans to another corner, and you actually see that all along there actually was a ghost there. And it really freaks you out because it's one of those things that you thought, I didn't see that the first time around. And then you rewind, you want to rewind the film straight after the title sequence and go back and watch the entire film again and just wonder, is that fake or was that always there? Yeah. It's a really, really well done, I, 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 really I, creepy suspense. Yeah, I, lo I love films where there's something, something's pointed out at the end which has perhaps been there the entire time. And it, like I say, immediately you want to rewind it and watch it again. Things where you can, where you can watch things twice are good. It's a slow, creepy build-up. And all through the documentary, you have really sombre music and yeah. creepy little things. And obviously, they're talking about the death of a child. So there's tears and there's crying. Mm. They talk about how eerie the house feels. And you feel that as well. And you, you you really get to know the family and get to know the characters. So you really go along for the ride. If yeah. you're in the mood, you know, you have to be in the right kind of mood to watch this kind of film because it's very slow-paced. But, like, you're so obsessed with this family. And then they finally get over their grief. And then you realise all along that, actually, maybe there was a ghost there. And I can't really say any more without revealing what she was burying in the sand. Sure. But the only time it ever gets anything like a kind of paranormal activity jump scare kind of film is with the uh, the mobile phone footage from her friends when she yeah. was partying on the beach and she obviously goes off on her own. And that's really creepy because she's running through all these like wheat, uh, reeds and things that are on the beach and she bumps into various characters and things. I can't give away because it will spoil it. Cool. But this is a high recommend for me. Lake Mungo. Australian right. film from 2008. Definitely, if you can find it on DVD, yeah. go on Amazon, download it if you can off iTunes. Um, check this film out. It's uh, it's brilliant. Beautiful. It's, oh. it's scary. It'll get make you make your spine tingle. It's one of yeah. those kind of films, you know. It really builds up atmosphere, and that's that's something we don't get these days. Yeah. So I think I'm sold on that one. I think I was going to say it's uh, Halloween's coming up, and I and this is the time when I watch some scary films. I don't usually, but I will make an exception for October. This, I think this is yeah. the time to watch it. Turn the lights off. This is a film that after you finish watching it, you're going to have to turn all the lights on in your house. <laughs> you know when you go to the toilet or something, yeah. you're going to need to do that because it just sets that kind of that that's its sort of scene. I like so it. yeah, that's um that's Late Mungo. And uh moving on to another film. And uh, this isn't a found footage film. Okay. Of maybe a lesser quality. Yeah. Uh, this film I was talking about last week called Megan is Missing. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is a more recent film. It's 2011. Again, it's low budget. It's an American movie. Um, uh, it's basically about two friends, um, Megan and Amy. And they share secrets and they chat and they are constantly on the phone, mobile phone. They're always um, video messaging each other, talking on their phones, talking on their laptops in their room, on their webcams. And um, the trouble with this film is it's got one of those those awful things in a low budget film where every camera and everything they do differently with the camera it's the exactly the same aspect ratio and resolution on every camera right. so the shots when they're talking to each other on the webcams and it's incredibly crisp and it's a wide angle it's a wide it's a wide ratio and it's it, you see everything and it's perfect yeah it never even goes out of focus for a second or it doesn't glitch or anything like that 
Then you've got um, there's a one point where there's CCTV footage from a shop, like a like an, a 24-hour all-night shop place, yeah. and that's exactly the same thing, except they've obviously just gone in and sort of like pro cut. Put some lines across yeah, it yeah. and put some grayscale on it, and and that you know, um, and uh, and the mobile phones are the best because they're so they're so on mobile phone. Everybody that's got a mobile phone out there or a smartphone, even the best smartphones out there, yeah. the cameras aren't that good. No, not as good as you're going to see in this film anyway. Thank but you. apart from that, it's it's it, this film is basically it's it's that sort of school thing where. You know the school documentaries and the videos you, you, that you get put on in class to say do not talk to strangers on the internet. Yeah. It's an extended one of those. Right. So obviously you've got Megan, who's the kind of party girl, and she's she's a, does all kinds of crazy stuff, and she doesn't get on with the mum. She's always arguing, you know, especially when the mum walks in and she's webcamming. You know, it's that kind of thing. Um, she she goes out partying, she takes drugs, she has lots of sex, which is always a no no in any horror movie. Damn right, yeah. I hope we're you know not going to make a horror movie at any point. Oh no. No, um, it's um, and then you've got Amy, who's the complete reverse. So she's mild and meek. Right. She's never had sex. Uh, she's got teddy bears on her bed. It's that kind of scenario. Um, and it just the, the the problem with this film, it goes on far too long. Right. It could have been a half an hour, you know, little documentary piece that you'd put on in in school. Instead, it's this ninety minute stretched out thing where she's just talking to about boys. On, on on webcam chats and she meets this one boy and he sounds too good to be true turns out he is too good to be true Ben oh, yeah. and then Megan arranges to me I mean I'm, I'm cutting a lot of this film out a lot of this film out because it's just dialogue yeah. it's just Amy and her talking uh, Megan and more of her cooler friends not you know more sort of sluts talking about parties yeah. it's it's a couple of boys talking to her blah de blah de blah anyway there's a party and Amy can't go to the party because she's 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 not allowed out late at night because she's got to do her homework and things like this. Of course. And then all, all, you know, Megan's fem other female friends are, are slagging Amy off for being a prude. All this all this sort of nonsense. It goes on far too long, and I'm going on far too long talking about <laughs> it now. So we'll jump to the guy. Right. So she meets up with this guy. He he's really charming on the old face chat thing, and and again the audio is beautifully perfect. You know, if you've ever had a web chat with somebody, it's not really an audio. No. <laughs> but anyway. Um, she meets up with him. She decides to meet up with him uh, one night, and then I'll, she's talking to Amy about it. Oh, I'm going to meet up with this guy tonight. Blah blah blah. I've met him on. I've met him on Face Chat. He seems really nice. Blah blah. Um, Amy says, "Okay, well, get in touch with me tomorrow. Then tell me how it went." Next day, Megan is missing them. Oh, I yeah, like it. Like I, I, did know, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and from then on, it becomes news reports, and it becomes, oh, we've just recently found the CCTV footage of Megan walking down the street at such and such a time. Have you seen her? Blah blah blah. Yeah. It becomes a fact of, for some reason, Amy's looking for Megan and trying to talk to the other slutty friends who don't like Amy. Uh, she's trying to talk to them about where Megan was and did you see her last. But she's got a mobile phone on, talking, web chatting. I, I don't know why she'd be doing that. Yeah. Why would you have your phone on? And also, there's one scene where she's talking to somebody on the phone chat and then she bumps into one of Megan's friends. And the phone keeps recording them talking. But she disconnected the last chat she was on. Right. Do you know what I mean? So there's no reason for for. Yeah. But you know, there you go. Never mind. Anyway, um, one night she gets a a chat thing pop up on her screen, and it's this guy again. And he's all like, "Oh, she never came to meet me. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I, I waited there for like two hours or something." And she's like, "Okay, fair enough." More time goes by. More more news reports. <laughs> more friends being bitches. Blah 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 blah. 
next night, um, Amy is on the chat again, and the, the guy comes back on, and he's a complete and utter arsehole. A complete weird, creepy guy. Yeah. Like, you know, I'd never, I'd never have sex with, I'm putting it politely, Ben, because we're, we're doing a podcast. I'd never have sex with Megan, because she's one of those sort of sluts that has sex with everybody, and blah, blah, blah. Right. And you look quite nice as well. You've got a nice top on there, blah, 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 blah. Or getting very, very creepy. She tells the police, but the police cannot track this guy. I mean, you work in IT, and you can track an IP address, can't you? Definitely. You've done that more than once. Many times. Yeah. But the police have no idea, <laughs> idea who this guy is at all. Right. They've got CCTV footage of him talking to Megan at one point, and they yeah. still can't locate him. He's a complete mystery. Okay. Then she, she, and another night comes, and Amy's talking on chat again, and then she gets interrupted, and it's this guy again, and he's getting incredibly abusive. And she keeps talking to him for you know a good five minutes. And it's all just dialogue scenes. We see her just sitting in front of the camera, basically, yeah. as if she's sitting at a computer screen. And this is what most of the film comprises of. So it's very tiring the only thing that all this does is really build up a really good friendship between Megan and Amy and the, their stark contrast so obviously Megan's the party girl and Amy's this virginal pure girl yeah anyway she goes to this bridge that she has been blogging about because she starts to blog about her sort of missing Megan why you would blog this I don't know but you know I miss Megan this is the last place I saw Megan this is where we used to go for lunch this is blah and she goes to this bridge and she's talking to her camera on, on her phone, and then there's a shadowy figure in the background just stood there. Bit weird. Then she does it again, like, the following week, and then she gets grabbed. Out, out, out of camera, just some hands come and grab her. It's very cheap. Yeah. It's, it's as cheap as you like. Just a couple of shadowy hands grab her and pull her out of camera, because um, she's set her phone down, you know, right. blah, blah, blah. Then we find her waking up in a cell. She's stripped down to her underwear. Uh, she's tied up. And she's in this sort of grotty, weird cell, dungeon. There's a guy stood there out of camera teasing her. They, he throws dog food down on, in, a, in a bowl and makes her eat it and all this. And this goes on, and it goes on for days and days. And obviously she gets more demoralised. And, and it's This is where the, the end of the film gets very hard-hitting very quickly. So it's almost as if this the whole hour and 20 minutes you've been waiting has built up to these last 10 minutes of footage. Right. And um, it goes on and on. And then eventually uh, he leads her out of the cell, which is never a good thing because we've obviously seen this now where he's fed her a couple of times and like, wow, he's taken her out of the cell now, so this is something new. Uh, it, this ends up leading to the most vicious rape scene I have ever seen on film, Ben. Wow. It is awful to witness. Okay. It's so visceral and so painful to watch. It's so realistic. It's awful. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and the thing is, you know, you've really built up to this character. You've really ended up liking this character, this lovely girl. She's innocent. She's just tried to find a friend, all this sort of thing. You could almost say that, you know, if you looked at the two girls, Megan was putting herself into some dangerous situations. Not that anybody deserves that kind of yeah. punishment or whatever, but Megan was the complete innocent one. So there's two real different victims in this, and it it's really quite graphic. Um, he, he sets a camera down on this table, so it's table height camera. Then he throws her down. And he's, he's, he's off camera, but you see her face. She's obviously laying on the table. And you just it, it's just pound, pound. It's just vicious. It's, it's brutal. It's, it's uh, you know, she's screaming, crying. And then there's a bit where she starts to sort of almost accept what's happening. And that's the most, that's the worst bit to witness because she sort of breaks and you see it break. Yeah. And it's done really well. The actress that did that was incredibly brave. 
incredibly brave. And there's a bit where he throws his hand up onto the table and it's covered in blood. And it's very visceral and it's awful. I had to actually like turn it off at some point and had to take a shower and watch something fun and eat yeah. some chocolate just to sort of cheer myself up a bit. It really got to me, this film. Like yeah. I say, I, I almost can't recommend this film because like I say, it's 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 a, it's a solid hour and 20 minutes of not a lot happening, a lot of webcam nonsense. But the, what it does do is it really makes you believe these characters. Yeah. And when you see what happens to them, uh, it, it's, it really hits you hard. And she gets end up. She gets then led to a barrel. The barrel lid's ripped off, and you see Megan's body's in there, and it's obviously decayed, and it's horrible. And then she gets also put in the same barrel, which is another weird, striking thing to do to somebody. Just put them in a barrel yeah. with a corpse, and then she is buried alive at the end of the movie. So it's oh, not. It's, I feel like I need to have a shower now. <laughs> it's it's awful. You know, obviously, there's no there's no rape scene in the world that's easy to watch but this no. one was particularly hard hitting to me um, okay you don't see, expect it you don't expect it because like I say it's, it's a very bland film yeah it, I don't I can't really recommend it only in only that it builds up so much characterization that you really believe the end it really no. hits you hard so in that way it's a successful movie if you can call it success yeah but I don't actually recommend it as an entertaining film because it kind of isn't but um the actresses, I've got to say, were incredibly brave and did a really good job because it is essentially just a two-person play. And then I think it, it ends on a fade down from just a video blog that they did when they were best friends talking about what they're going to do with their futures and yeah. what boys they're going to meet and things like this. Because they're both they're both nice. Even the Megan character is a, is a nice character. She's not. They're both best friends. She, yeah. you know, she sticks up for Amy a lot and things like that. So she doesn't deserve what happens to her either. So you you feel a great deal of sympathy and pathos for the two characters at the end. So like I say, in that way it's a successful film. Otherwise, uh, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to add it to my watch. <laughs> but that's Megan is Missing. Um, maybe check it out if you're curious, you know. But be, you know, you've, you've got to be in the right kind of mood and the yeah. right kind of mindset. And have your chocolate bar and, yeah, I don't really. know, um, an episode of The Simpsons ready or something. Which is what I watch. Sounds like a good plan. Yeah. And that, that's this week's Blood Bad, Ben. Well, thank you for stopping by. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go now. Oh, good lord! Yeah, this has just been a general chit chat episode, just yeah. to sort of lay back. We've got um, a couple of themed episodes planned yeah. in the works now, haven't we? I think, so... I think the next. I think um, as Halloween's coming up, I think I think there's Halloween we've, got, we've got to have a Halloween episode. Possibly watch uh, Halloween. Yeah, I think so. It's, like I say, it's something I don't usually watch, but October is the time when I will. So um, good boy. I'm going to add some. Uh, so I think let's 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 talk Halloween. Always. I'm always up for Halloween talk. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, yeah, that's. Uh, I suppose that's goodbye for me, John. And for goodbye now. for me, Benjamin. And, uh, yeah, thanks for stopping by, everybody. Where can, where can they get in touch with John? Oh, good. We've not even done that, have we? Uh, you can drop us uh, an email. That's right. Yeah, pandascampodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, you can get us on our Facebook. You can Facebook Pan us. Pan scan, um, podcast, And you can also get us Pan scan, at pandascandarby on Twitter. So we've got quite a few, a few more people on there now, so... Yeah, I've got a couple of. Um, I mean, we've got a couple of like people saying, you know, hey, check out the show, like your show, etc. But obviously, I'm not going to go through all the. There's there's two or three people. I'm not going to bring them up at the minute because uh, I haven't got any kind of access to the internet at the minute. Yeah. Apologies, but you you're there. You yeah, know th you're there. Thanks for the support, guys. It's, so, it's, 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 I tell you what, it's very very cool to have Twitter popping up on my phone until we've got new followers. I like that. Yes, I like that. Kind keep of it thing. coming. So keep keep following. <laughs> And we'll keep updating you. But uh, yeah, we'll be back with the, um, I think the next Hall next episode will be Halloween episode and we'll talk Halloween. 
Beautiful. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. Bye.